Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery, where we will continuously bring you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed in any manner whatsoever as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies mentioned. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. While everyone remains focused on jobs as it relates to job losses, we continue to focus our efforts around the disruption taking place within the labor market. The key influencer here is once again the advances within technology. The forced move towards remote work is opening the door for more distributed workforces. In some cases, we're seeing improved productivity, but in other cases, productivity is coming down due to job requirements, maybe the physical setup at home, and other potential forces at play. At Avery, we do not think remote work is for every person or for every company for that matter, but for those companies and individuals who see value in being remote. They'll seek online labor in its entirety, either using their current workforce or seeking supplemental labor from other online marketplaces and agencies. Chris Fuentes is one of our analysts, and he's been covering remote work, the gig economy, freelancing, and online labor as a whole. And we believe that the market has been evolving tremendously over the last couple of years. We've seen companies like Fiverr, Upwork, Uber, Lyft, Etsy, Angie's List, Care.com, all trying to create these horizontal or even vertical marketplaces for specific physical or even online only uh, employment and freelancing services. We think this category as a whole will continue to grow uh, and more specifically global online labor will continue to accelerate. And COVID-19 is really being that forcing function and has likely increased the overall addressable market as we move forward. With that, we had a very interesting conversation with Fabian Stefani. Uh, he's a researcher at the Oxford Internet Institute uh, at the University of Oxford. He's a computational social scientist. He's currently working on multiple projects. The one that is uh, something that of interest to us is the iLabor project, which is focusing on labor. Uh, and he's handling some of the collection, analysis, and visualization of online platform data. Uh, Fabian holds degrees in economics, social sciences from the University of Bocconi, Milan, and, and the University of Cambridge. So we're happy to have him on Inside Scoop. So enjoy our conversation. All right, Fabian, welcome and uh, thanks for coming on here. Thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here. Good, good. Um, so I think I think it's truly fascinating time for analyzing the freelance economy, the online labor economy. Uh, if you think about it, uh, this is the first real test to these platforms, uh, of which most were created post-financial crisis. Uh, we definitely wanted to have a discussion, just given your expertise. Um, so to really start, just tell us what you've been working on uh, with the iLabor project uh, at the Oxford Internet Institute. Yeah, so um, the Oxford Internet Institute is an institution um, roughly 10 years old at the University of Oxford that um, looks at the social sciences of the internet. So um, there is a very broad range of topics that are researched on uh, at the Oxford Internet Institute. Um, algorithmic transparency, for example, um, the judgment of, of algorithms in, in our everyday life, you know, it's something that is of, of increasing importance to all of us. But um, one relatively strong research branch at the Oxford Internet Institute is um, examining 
labor that is um, mediated or has been made possible um, by the internet. And in particular, the iLabor group, of which I'm a, a member of, um, looks at online freelance work, at online gig work. So um, we, are, we are not so much examining um, companies like Uber, for example, but we are rather focused on work that is not only mediated by the internet, but is also happening online. So uh, platforms like Fiverr, Upwork, or Amazon uh, Mechanical Turk, for example. And um, within the iLabor group, I'm uh, working as an economist or as a social data scientist, um, mainly by um, maintaining and expanding um, kind of a core unit of the um, iLabor project, which is the online labor index, um, and also trying to facilitate research that can be conducted with the data stemming from the um, online labor index. Right. Yeah, no, that's how we found you is, is your index. Um, I think it's an interesting time to have you on here, just given the fact that we're starting to get really those, those early readings of how these platforms are actually performing, um, given its first real negative shock. I mean, for our opinion, I think uh, we're getting that clear answer. Uh, the platforms, at least the ones that are more horizontal, have the ability to be more agile uh, and take advantage of some of the different global trends that are taking place by connecting uh, different types of buyers with different types of uh, uh, workers. Uh, you're seeing new types of freelancers and workers uh, take action, uh, both through necessity and through uh, just simply innovation. And we're seeing some of these platforms just simply adapt uh, to offer different types of service or categories that are driven by the needs that we're, we're facing today. So I think test one for these platforms uh, has been um, uh, briefly positive, uh, at least at the early stages, but wanted to get your takeaway, uh, given your work, what are you seeing? How do you think they've, they've fared overall? Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, this is, um, I mean, of course, the this whole situation around um, the whole COVID-19 pandemic um, has been uh, not only from a healthcare perspective, um, been been disastrous for some countries and, and economies, um, but also from, a, from an economic perspective has been a very tough um, stress test. And um, so far, the, the online labor markets um, have been, I would say, as immensely impacted um, as as the the onside economy to call it like that um, during the, the the pandemic during the last let's say roughly speaking five to six months um, the the pattern that we see on a very broad macro level um, and I I would like to use the online labor index as as an indicator for this global macro perspective on the online freelance economy. Um, so the online labor index essentially um, accumulates data from various online labor platforms and um, depicts this, refines this, this as, as an indicator, as the first um, economic indicator that um, measures what is going on on online labor markets compared to, it's comparable to, to um, or makes it comparable to the standards of, of you know, traditional um, labor market um, indicators. And looking at this very broad macro perspective at, at this online labor index, we see a very interesting pattern over time. So what we did to kind of um, clarify or to get a better understanding how 
COVID-19 and all the economic repercussions that came with COVID-19, how this has affected online labor markets. To get a better understanding of this, we compared the development of the online labor index in 2020, in the first quarter or first month of 2020, with um, past developments in 2019 and, and 2018. And um, what we usually see is kind of a, a, a typical seasonal flow, a seasonal pattern. So usually by the end of the year, when it comes to the Christmas to the year's break, um, to holidays, online labor demand drops naturally and then starts to rise pretty rapidly in the beginning of, um, of January, reaching a plateau, let's say at the beginning of February, at which it then stays until spring, April, May roundabout. Um, this has been the case in 2018 and 2019, um, and uh, we see a strikingly different pattern in, in 2020 in the sense that uh, at the stage when um, the COVID-19 pandemic was, was um, declared to be a global pandemic by the um, WHO, let's say at the beginning of, of March, online labor demand dropped significantly um, to, to, to a very sizable um, extent, reaching a... Um, uh, a very a, a very pronounced low um, by let's say the end of March beginning of April and then started to rise again and now the values that we see um, so normalized values at the beginning of the year so com to compare them with the, with the beginning of the year um, now the online labor demand has increased to an extent that it's much higher as it had been at this time usually uh, in, in the last two years so we, we mm. roughly speaking we see a clear very clear roller coaster pattern you know a, a, a distinct downward trend and a very distinct upward trend um which is which is very interesting which is a very interesting let's say first macro level finding looking at, at online labor market developments yeah i think that echoes uh what we've heard uh, at least over the last couple of weeks from some of the the publicly traded companies whether it's uh, upwork or fiverr um it was a sharp uh move lower in terms of kind of the demand that they were seeing uh, a lot of uh workers coming onto the platform as they were seeking out alternative forms of work um, yeah. and really just trying to highlight their expertise. Is there any particular, I guess, a segment that you're seeing some strength versus others where you're seeing some, some weakness? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we were fascinated by this pattern because that was just um, to, to speak very frankly, that was just like a very um, um, experimental setting. And so we just wanted to get a, um, a broad understanding of how online labor markets might have reacted to this um, to this economic stress test, if you want to call it like that. And then we were intrigued, really intrigued by this by this pattern, by this roller coaster ride. And we had a closer look at it. And the the online labor index or the online labor data that we have been gathering over the last um, four years, roughly, um, allows us to dissect online, um, what is happening on online labor markets to a certain extent, in particular when it comes to occupations. So um, we can, roughly speaking, um, divide online labor demand in, in, in six different categories. And if we look at these categories and how these, the demand for these categories developed over time, uh, we see uh, an even more interesting um, picture coming up. So we see, for example, that um, while roughly speaking, let's say uh, creative work and also sales and marketing support um, has had plummeted significantly, the demand for, for, for these tasks has decreased significantly in the period that I just described. Um, the, the demand for software development and tech work has um, not only been stable, but also showed pretty sound uh, or increasingly 
a pronounced um, signs of, of, of rising demand, actually. So roughly speaking, creative work, sales and marketing um, work, demand for that has, has declined significantly during the, the pandemic and the, um, the demand for software and tech work had uh, even accelerated. You're mentioning, um, right, I guess the six different categories that we're seeing impacts in and specifically uh, looking at the labor index. Um, is there any, you know, granularity you can provide or any thought you can provide on how that impacts, um, you know, differentiating, right, the gig labor uh, that we're seeing here, uh, the fluctuations and how you think maybe that trickles over impacts more traditional labor um, that also takes place remotely potentially. Yeah. Especially now, right, we're seeing larger corporations taking place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so uh, there are there are several um, there are several links um, between what we observe on online labor markets and what is happening, let's say, on the traditional on-site um, economy, particularly when it comes to occupations. Uh, some of the things some of the things that I'm saying here are, um, let's say, um, broadly speaking, my interpretations or how 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 i would how i would read what we what we are seeing here so the, there is still of course by the nature um or given given the fact that this is just a very recent development there's not a very huge body of of academic research on this but um what i see both online and also on site is that there seems to be a relatively strong comparative advantage um for um, tech jobs for software and tech jobs um, and and this this comes from um, this well th this is this is based on on uh, on on different developments or different scenarios so one is definitely that um, these jobs are in general more resilient to shocks so um, in the recent uh, in a paper that is uh, just going to be published um, in the next uh, couple of weeks that we wrote for the um, Journal of um, Economic and Social Geography, we pointed to the fact that um, the, these the companies, so both, both we're talking about both on-site jobs and online jobs, they are under immense economic pressure now, and they have to they have to cut loose. They have to they have to cut spending at some point, and they would first go for the non-essential spending. And um, as important as, uh, as, for example, marketing jobs or creative jobs are, they might be perceived by, um, by a sizable share of employers or companies, they might, not, they might be perceived as, as not as essential as tech jobs. So you would rather, if you're under immense economic pressure, cut down the marketing campaign for June, July, than uh, sending home or, or, or firing the guy who's who's running your service if you're a, if you are a, a tech company. So so at this point, we it, it is fair to argue that um, that tech jobs, certain tech jobs, have a comparative advantage when it comes to um, to these stressful economic situations. And uh, a second scenario that you could imagine, or a, a second factor that might lead to um, to what to to this scenario that we observed that tech jobs are, are doing pretty well is of course there might be increased increasing demand so we are we are we are now due to 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 COVID-19 we're we're conducting this this interview or this this call we're having this call online and um, a lot of people had to switch to um to new forms of let's say online conferencing for example and this of course increased the demand for certain tech companies and this is just one example um, increased 
the the um, the demand for uh, for for tech jobs uh, within specific tech companies. Sure. Yeah. No. We 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 saw a. Uh, Square, Twitter, and we talked offline uh, that they announced uh, that they'll be uh, essentially uh, working fully remote um, permanently now. Um, So that's a good indication of potentially which segments of the labor force can and and likely will. It's also interesting when when you were talking about some of the data before and sharing uh, the makeup of kind of the downdraft in, in online jobs and how marketing uh, was impacted likely the most in terms of its shape, um, which I think speaks to that there is still that cyclical nature within online labor, um, similar to what you would see in uh, offline, I guess, labor uh, in, yeah. that, in that stance. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic that you still see that take place. One thing I wanted to kind of break into was the different pricing models. So you have obviously uh, offline labor simply just moving online uh, and that just means, in a sense, just working remote and looks and feels very much like traditional labor, however, just more remote and uh, using online communication tools. Now, the other part of it is more the freelance uh, supplemental work that someone could hire. Um, and there's different types of pricing models. So you, you take a company like Upwork using more of a bidding model um, and a, a price per hour model. Uh, which is a little bit more friction to get the right person at the right price at the right time. And then you have someone like Fiverr who is trying to create products of uh, online work, whether it's uh, technology related work and or uh, translation work, um, you name it. How do you see kind of that bifurcation taking place within the pricing models um, and how that relates to just online labor more broadly? Well, I, I have to say I'm not a big expert on 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 online freelance pricing models, and 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 uh, and it's it's hard for me to judge which of them also being under the facilitation of this economic situation right now uh, might be the um, the more successful one in the future if it's mm-hmm. this unit based or hour based um, pricing model as you described it. Uh, I I, th- I think uh, roughly speaking um, from my relatively informed perspective, I think that both will probably uh, will probably survive. It's not that one of one of them because both have advantages and disadvantages. So I think they they both uh, coexist for in the foreseeable future. But what what is definitely a trend is this. Um, well, there are several trends that are now facilitated or trends that are related to each other. So the first one is, and that is, um, that is a very general trend, the general, the general trend of um, doing things digitally. Um, so a trend that is, that is not only uh, limited to online uh, gig work, but to, um, well, to basically our whole, whole economy. Um, this trend of digitalization will be definitely facilitated by the, the the current situation that we have because a lot of um, a lot of new forms of communication are um, uh, are developed of of transporting information um, a lot of mindsets will have also changed after this uh, crisis the end of the crisis which we hopefully see um, rather earlier than later um, but when you think of a very traditional um, traditional jobs or jobs that have been very rigid when it comes to um, or, or less agile when it comes to changing the, the work mode. So for example, my partner, she works for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here in Germany. And it was, um, I hope I can, I, I am, um, it's not a big secret probably to be revealed that, um, that they have been, um, they hesitated 
off when it came to people asking um, to work remotely, work from home for various reasons. And I said that this is due to the nature of this, the, in, the intricate work that they are doing and they need, uh, often need, it requires human interaction, go from one office to the other. They said that this is hardly, that this can hardly be made possible. And now since they had to do this for weeks already, they're realizing, oh, maybe it's, it, maybe it, it works better than we actually thought. And so they would probably, they would probably adapt to a new uh, work mode in the future as well. So this trend is, this, this digitalization trend will definitely be facilitated. And the trend that comes with this, with digitalization and has also, also in the past is the fragmentation of work, the breaking down of big chunks of work either you talk about hours or you talk about units into smaller subunits mm. and this will this is definitely something um, which uh, on which with which online labor platforms freelance platforms can leverage that's something that, that they have been doing in the past so that you could say some some part of the work there uh, is only possible since the world has become more digital and and the work that is done in this digital sphere has become more more fragmented. So um, in a nutshell, I think that these two trends, first digitalization of work and then fragmentation of work will definitely be facilitated by the current um, economic situation, by the lockdown, for example. And with this, online labor platforms, either if they price based on unit or on hours, they will definitely gain popularity, I think. No, that, that's interesting. I think I think that also correlates with um, what's going on in the education space, where uh, we, we speak with a bunch of companies where they're uh, they're working on um, the focus is on, on on the skills, right? And yeah, and, uh, ultimately skills will then feed into what you do in terms of um, uh, not necessarily a career, but what what your your skill set is and how you can um, translate that into work. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, so that no, that's an interesting point in terms of the units. Uh, and how labor can be fragmented into, into a sense, skill and, and, and providing that through these various platforms. Um, I did want to stop there um, just for the, the sheer uh, time. Uh, obviously, we could probably go on forever um, yeah. <laughs> and just continue to dig, dig, dig and, and possibly do it uh, a little bit more in, in the future, maybe through a webcast or something. But what I wanted to do is obviously um, uh, thank you for for just uh, stopping by and, and having a, a discussion with us on online labor. I think in the next three, six, 12 months, we're going to learn so much about the resiliency of this, this, this part of the market yeah. um, and really see how kind of innovative one uh, the, the marketplaces can be again, the Upworks Fiverr freelancer. Um, and then also companies and recruiters where uh, a lot of these companies are moving from traditional to more online labor, uh, whether it's their own labor that they once had and using the tools um, that are presented, whether it's the Zooms and, and uh, many other products that are continuously uh, coming about. Uh, but, I, but we'll definitely have so much to talk about uh, in the next uh, three, six, 12 months. Um, what I wanted to do is at least give you a moment just to, how can people find more about what you're doing? Uh, and, and yeah, just give you a moment for that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So first of all, thanks again for the for the invitation. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to um, to get to know uh, the work that you guys are doing, which is uh, very interesting and and uh, and it's very interesting to to see this side, as I said initially before the interview, this side of the um, of the online 
um, so the, the private sector perspective on the online freelance uh, market as a um, as a complement to to the academic perspective that we have on on uh, online gig markets. Um, so you find more on our work on um, the uh, on the iLabor page, which is essentially iLabor.oii.ox.ac.uk. Um, or you could uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, it's um, at iLabor Project. Um, and um, also, of course, feel um, feel free to uh, to check the the post and the blog post that are made by the um, Oxford Internet Institute in general. So this is um, oii.ox.ac.uk. Cool. Yeah, I'll put some of that stuff on the on the links and stuff. But um, Fabian, appreciate it. Uh, stay safe. Hopefully, we can connect in the future. And and again, once again, appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Stay safe too. Thanks a lot. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Fabian. We enjoyed speaking with him and he brings a lot of insights. Uh, we have more of that coming up in terms of different categories and themes such as esports, communication and productivity tools, and all types of different segments and themes that we're covering uh, in detail. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast at Inside Scoop. Uh, you can also reach out directly to us if you want to talk to us or any of the guests, info at averyco.com. Again, that's info at avery, A-V-O-R-Y-C-O.com. Uh, We'll speak to you next time. Thanks.